0: Thanks for tuning in to the Undercuts review of the 2023 Mexico Grand Prix. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen and enjoy the show. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. By being a racing driver means you are racing with other people. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. All right, guys. So we had the second of a back to back to back triple header race weekend the Mexican Grand Prix.
1: Right? This is the third, isn't it?
0: Brazil's this weekend.
1: Oh sorry. Alright, so we start that I just screwed you (laughs) up. Leave it in. Leave it in. (laughs) Yeah. Leave it in. So it it is the second of
0: a back to back to back triple header. Um we had the return of one of my favorite things all season is the Mexican horn version of the F1 intro coming into all of the sessions, which is always fantastic, just a little festive. I don't think they do that for any other ones, at least not ones that I notice, but it's at least the best one. It's the most distinctive. Um, (laughs) So that's always fun. But a big weekend for Checo, hopefully. Um, He has been struggling, although the last race wasn't so bad for him, but all things considered um not where he wants to be in his home race so he is going to be looking to turn things around
1: yeah that the, there was some news stories before that like max was they're going to put some protection around max because he's getting a lot of hate from the mexican fans or something before they i didn't there. see that yeah security. the mexican yeah. fans take a bit of security around max because they were hating on him a bit
2: yeah i think uh i think helmet got a little bit of uh got oh right heavy as well some henchmen <laughs> they're bodyguards when it's Max, but they're henchmen when it's Mark, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> he is like the ultimate Bond Bond villain of the of the F one paddock, isn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, they they they're great great fans. They're they're very passionate. They love their Formula One, but uh, they really bit- are. I, like you know, there's
3: only a couple places where you see that, like Japan. But the way that they talk about Mexico and the fans really seems to separate it from i don't know all other drivers yeah. at least like do they talk about any other fans and like verstappen's probably the closest yes but yeah. even that like the way that they talked about it with with uh sergio um it seems special for sure yeah, yeah I, I think mean, they're, think it's they're cool. all there to see yeah. checo yeah. Right? Yeah. It,
2: i mean i think in in japan the, the fans are nuts and they have all their, their you know the they're cool hats, and they're just kind of quirky, and they just love Formula One. But I think in Mexico, it's it's the Checo show.
0: Yeah, so we had a crazy atmosphere coming into this one. So let's just jump right into qualifying. Um, nothing too crazy going on during qualifying, although I guess for the first session, when everyone was about to come through and do their last laps fernando had a very unfernando moment where he just kind of lost it and spun it and brought out a yellow flag which ruined you know a lot of guys laps i mean lando was the one that seemed to miss out the most from this all the rest of the guys were kind of the regular suspects but um yeah. lando mm-hmm. especially
2: because lando had a problem right he had a problem in his yep. first and so he had to abort and come in rather than finish his hot lap and then he made an error on his second one, which meant that he was always going to be up against it in the a third time lap. But I guess with Fernando spinning, yep. he didn't get to put it in. Right. Uh, yeah. And So yeah, no, uh, where did, where did Lando end up starting? S- 17th? 17th. I think yeah. 17th. Yeah, yeah.
1: Way down. Yeah. It's just the, just the way it goes. Sometimes you get a bit unlucky. You don't get your uh, initial banker lap in something unusual happens and uh and you're out yeah, not, yeah. no fault especially of his on own the short system. tracks yeah you know no you got fault. a
3: track like monza everybody's spaced out but this was everybody's packed up so it only takes one small thing to ruin a lot of people's race or yeah they're all
2: packed lane. up especially in the pit lane, yeah. Yeah. Pit lane they're all backed <laughs> up again
3: you know so that they
2: didn't yeah they're, they're all stacking up in the pit lane so that they're not exceeding mm-hmm. that maximum time to get round to the line so right are instead of finding space on the track they're just all sitting in the pit lane to, to go like every so often and max especially was sitting there a really really long time and then george was kind of a long time too
1: george was yeah, yeah. he was holding
0: everybody up too yeah but it was it was also weird that i think it was the mclarens and the ferraris both for their first runs went out on medium tires, which was very strange. And they were saying how that might've been a reason why they weren't able to put in the lap. But like Nick said, I mean, he did have that second lap on, on soft tires and he just kind of lost it and had to, had to abort that lap. But um, a weird choice, I guess, trying to save a soft tire for the race, um, but it did not work out. And we had, like we said, Lando, Logan, Lance, lots of L names, Kevin and Ocon, a big surprise going out in Q1 as well. And then for Q2, um, we had Pierre, Nico, Alonso and Yuki. And then it was looking like Albon had gotten through, but we had track limits come again and he lost his time and he was knocked from, I think, p9 down to p14 and that pushed him out of q2 and williams was looking pretty good this weekend so that was um especially Albon. i mean i think he was second in two sessions two practice sessions so disappointing from him
2: yeah and it was joe i think that was 11th and he he, on his way back in he was like ah so close but then he stayed in the car because did joe actually get through to q3 was it joe that moved up from 11th that's right
0: both yeah. of the Alfa Romeos made it through to Q three.
2: Yeah. I mean in practice and qualifying, they looked like they had kind of turned a corner, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, they they were looking they were looking pretty good.
0: Yeah, I yeah. even put Botas in my coops yeah. lineup for, for P10. Nicely, oh.
1: Nice, nice.
0: Well, it didn't work out, but you love
1: you love somebody throwing in, you know, some some yeah. uh, longer shots, it's always good.
0: Yeah yeah um, but and- albon
2: uh, you, you, you say track limits but this was kind of unusual in that that's right normally when we talk about track limits is people going too wide on the exit and leaving but he actually was too tight on the corner and he, and he he cut the corner ever so slightly he went too far over the curbs and his right uh his you know his right tires were to the left of the line so um on a left-hander so he he kind of you know maybe he had more grip than he thought he was going to his, his car was going to drift out a little wider through the corner but no he, he kind of gripped and that put pay to his q3 chances unfortunately i love it
3: yeah. i love
2: the track limits thing i know it's yeah i mean it's the racetrack so yeah. it's a little you know i mean it's it's not something that you could ever enforce in any other category because yeah. there's not the the, the level of cameras on every inch of the track and, and sensors and all of that sort of stuff that they actually use to to look at. Um, so it kind of makes it a different standard to every other formula, but it is a different standard to every other formula because it's Formula One and yeah. they should be the most precise drivers that there are.
3: Yeah. And it just sets a clear expectation. Everybody knows, you know, no matter how much you want to complain or whatever, it's, this this is the track. Drive within it.
0: Yeah. And then in Q3, we kind of had, it was weird. What we've seen up until this point, at least for this season, is that as the session goes on, the times get get faster, but it was the second runs or the banker runs that were the, the times that stood up. It seemed that pretty much all the drivers that came through on their last laps did not improve on their laps before that. And I haven't seen much of that, at least this year. Um, It was looking like Max was maybe on a pretty good lap, but he ultimately was not able to get pole again this weekend. And Charles was able to take another pole position um, with Carlos locking out the front row, a Ferrari front row. Um, Really, really impressive from them. But honestly, the person that seemed to me the most impressive was Danny getting P4. Um, who would have... I, I did not see that coming. Two races back from his injury. Uh, really, really impressive run from, from yeah. Danny in qualifying.
1: I, I yeah. agree with you. Ferrari locking out the front row was the most impressive thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, have I,
3: to, I, I have to back that point up. and <laughs> Not because I'm a Ferrari fan, but at least in practice, you saw... Things building with Ricardo. I mean, he was lights out, right? Yeah, like, top of the charts a lot of times. Ferrari, who obviously you normally expect to be at least in the mix, did not show any signs at all of that coming. I mean, they their interviews showed it. They had no clue that that was about to happen. It was just it was like, right was it timing, t- it was
2: like time of day. As yeah, well? like the maybe there was the a right cloud over Turn
3: Three. Who knows? But <laughs> that was just amazing that they both took. They were within, you know, whatever, less than a tenth of each other. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, to me, even though yes, yeah, seeing Ricardo P4 that that is was, crazy, yeah. you at least crazy. like had some semblance of like, oh, maybe. But Ferrari the, taking the you know, both uh, the front of the uh, of the grid, that that was crazy. Yeah,
2: yeah. and uh, th- the thing that I really enjoy about the Ferrari pair is that they're just in qualifying in particular, they're just so evenly matched. You know, they're really that tight. You know, you look at Red Bull and it's always just Max and Checo is, what, ninth, sixth, <laughs> something like that. Obviously, I say that and, and yeah. Max was sixth in the last Grand Prix but and he was third today. But the, the point is, it's like you, if the Ferrari's good, both drivers are there and on it, right? Yeah, and they're, that's and, a good point. And it could be one of either of them because I think certainly during the the mid to late part of the season, Carlos, well, since the summer break, really, Carlos just came back from that summer break and he's just been crushing yeah. it. And, you know, he and, and, and Charles are really quite close so that, you know, he could just as well have been Carlos, just as easily been Carlos if they'd have been... The, different order on the track i don't know but they uh it's, it's great yeah. to see. i mean the engineers really must replacing. love it
3: you know like they know that they're getting the perfect extraction out of whatever the package they're putting together for these drivers so the information that they're getting i'm sure there's a bit of subjective you know whatever difference of opinion on you know oversteer understeer or whatever but at the end of the day like they are both so close on time that it's got to be great for the team to build on that yeah, but you could
0: tell pretty much right away. You talked about how in the interviews they were they were even surprised that they were up so far, but they were not willing to say that they had any shot of winning this race the next day with the tire degradation that we've seen from them this season. Um, but we pretty much everyone for the race started on medium tires, except for a couple people. Um, Albon and Alcon started on hard tires, and then Lando in P seventeen started on soft tires. But everyone else started on medium tires.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if it matters, but Stroll and Alonso were on used mediums. Everybody else had brand new ones. But whether that makes a difference or not, I don't know. But
0: and there were a few guys to start from the pit lane too. I think Lance did, Logan yep. did. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else yeah. other than those Lance two did.
2: They they made some big setup changes i guess you saw uh, alonso he kind of decided to keep it the same maybe he thought he could drive through it but lance obviously can't drive through challenges in the same way that that alonso can and so um so he had they took it out of part ferme they took the car out of part ferme and he had to start from the from the pit lane just just like the Haas guys did last week
0: right? didn't both of the Aston start from the pit lane last week too it was both the Haas's and the asts
2: i think it was yeah you're right you're
0: right so um, two races in a row that lance is starting from the pit lane is not not a it's good not ideal. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't really
2: it, i mean it doesn't really speak well to the sort of the pre-setup work that needs to go on right i mean yeah fine on in the us last week in in uh in austin it was a sprint weekend they only had one session before they had to lock it into park ferme but this time they come on they've got like the th- the three proper normal weekend practice sessions to get it right before going into park ferme it's um yeah it doesn't it doesn't speak too well of that team right now they, they've kind of gone backwards and it seems like they don't really know what what their issues are and uh they've because they find themselves from being the second fastest car at the start of the season to being the fifth fastest sixth maybe sixth fastest maybe i don't know maybe
1: it's
2: terrible <laughs> yeah. they're really not very good right now I mean, they're not um, finishing
1: no. races even to even count yeah
0: i wouldn't even put them in six really right now
3: and
1: they have lance Stroll on their team
3: yeah that? Y- that future brings them. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Continue the conversation on pine-sports.com, that's P-I-N-E-sports.com, and the Pine Sports Discord, which you can find linked on the website, and join us in a one-of-a-kind fantasy Formula One contest at coopsf1.com, that's C-O-O-P-S-F number one.com, where you can put your theories to the test. Let's get to the start of the race. It was pretty crazy from the jump. Both of the Red Bulls had incredible jumps off the line. Max was already way ahead from P3 pretty much. Well, I guess coming into turn one, it was Max and Checo on the outsides with Charles tucked on the inside. Um, three trying to go into one turn really does never go very well. And unfortunately for Checo on his home race, he was the one that was the most unlucky in this situation, charge, uh, crashing into Charles and spinning out and jumping up in the air and it slammed down onto the ground really, really hard. And it must've done so much damage to the floor of the car that that was, that was it for him, but he was able to get it back to the pit lane, but that was the end of the race for him, unfortunately. Yeah, that must have
2: hurt. But the, the thing is that this is, the, I think, the longest run down to the first corner on the calendar. So this is one where you can actually get a slipstream to an extent, although they they always – I'll come to my pet peeve about this weekend because I think they mentioned this like 85 times. But <laughs> you know, you, can, you can draft a little bit to the first corner whereby actually – because it's so long, it's almost an advantage to be in third because you got the guy in front of you on pole, who's on the good side of the track, punching a hole in the air for you. Now, the thing that really annoyed me is like every maybe twice a lap, they seem to mention the fact that they had the wing levels of Monaco with the downforce of <laughs> Monza, <Mongre. laughs> because the <laughs> air is so thin up there. I mean, it's at twenty-two hundred meters which I have, for the benefit of our American listeners, Googled, that's 7,217 feet above sea level. So the air is really, really thin. But that just means that there's less air going over the wings and producing the downforce. So um, they they mentioned that a couple of times during
1: the broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would say that Verstappen didn't really use the slipstream that much. He seemed to be right right between the two ferraris he was there within like
2: 100 meters it was yeah yeah.
1: he was he was right in there and i think uh science sort of dropped back and then it was uh checo on the outside with what leclerc in the middle and then verstappen on the inside going mm, into the corner and then checo and we've seen this before in the last couple of races where three cars have gone in wide the outside car turns in maybe expected maybe expecting the car inside them to then move in away from them and give them the space but there's just nowhere for that that car to go yeah and uh checo just goes right into charles i don't think you can blame charles at all it's 100% checo's no. fault yeah i mean and... it was it the thing is so checo
2: went for the move and it was if it had come off it, it would've been amazing cuz he was what fifth and so he yeah. did get the benefit he did get that benefit of yes. the slipstream to get up and round but charles was over to the right left plenty of space for him
1: yeah he so had he, to go way around right. the left he so was cut, cutting for the apex or something from yeah three wide it's crazy that's right and so you look at it and i totally agree it was Checo's fault because
2: when you look at the overhead shot and, and being a little late doing this um we you'd really see that he turned in where the dark rubber line was on the track where everyone normally turns in now if you're the third guy (laughs) from the apex it's like you're not even aiming for the apex you're aiming for like essentially in in that tight turn one two it's almost like Mm -hmm. a chicane but you're essentially aiming for just before the apex to turn two because that's where the your exit from the corner is gonna be
1: yeah yeah
3: and
2: he just didn't do it. He went for the apex of turn one, and he he took himself out.
3: Yeah. Watching his interview, you know, I agree 100%. You saw it there. Like, they showed the replay. It was clearly his fault. And then you watch his interview, and his explanation, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something to the effect of, you know, it's my home race. I got to go for that gap. And it's like nobody disagrees with that. Like, yeah, he went you, for the he gap, had a gap. He got through the gap.
2: <laughs> was right. He was, when he he was neck everyone. and neck.
3: Fighting for P one within you know the first five seconds of the race, so nobody's arguing going for the move. But right, he just literally turned in. I mean, God forbid! Can you imagine the media right now if that pushed Charles into Max and took all three of them out? Like, right, he would, that would be been amazing. That would be <laughs> amazing. <awesome. laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, you're in a red. You're in a Red Bull, right? Exactly. And, you, and you be can patient. Take. Right. You're gonna just wait. You could be in fourth, like around the first corner, like overtake them, like with DRS. Yeah. Like it's 2023. You're in a exactly. Red Bull,
2: like. But also, he's he's gone around the outside. So if he if he doesn't make the turn, he'll have
1: the, the inside. Track, for the the next
2: track, next track turn. comes back. Yeah, the yeah track comes back. back you. you know, after the yeah. contact, Charles went across the grass. It's like if he wasn't going to make the corner. He just straight
1: lines it, he
2: gives the position back to to Max and to Charles, and he's tucked up in P3. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, with the amount of overtaking that we have in Formula One now, like these first corner lunges and stuff, they're just not that as necessary as they used to be, like... Um, especially if you're in a Red Bull. Especially if you're in a oh, Red Bull. Only if you're in a Red Bull. <laughs> and your really. name is Max <laughs> Verstappen, <laughs> you could yeah. just start from anywhere
3: yeah it was just a horrible decision yeah you know I get you know how it led up to that he wants to be whatever home race blah 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 tough season but just I can't imagine what the the you know the race debrief was about that move in that moment
1: yeah and Charles got a little bit of his front like end plate was like hanging off but other than that didn't seem to bother his car too much i mean he wasn't able to keep up with verstappen as he slotted into second place but
0: would it have been a difference if he had had that end plate would he have been able to uh, I mean, hold not up with not. max i mean
1: look at the whole season do you think so no <laughs> no. <laughs> no i don't think we're an end plate away from being yeah. at the, ch- the lead of the
3: championship
0: <laughs> although from where we were a couple races ago to now it's definitely more plausible that someone could be closer to them than they were yeah not not that long ago Um, But yeah, eventually the part that was hanging off of Charles's front wing did fall off and it looked like they were maybe investigating it, but nothing came to that that I saw. Um, It took them a few laps, but they did bring out the virtual safety car to get some of the debris off the track. Um, It showed Checo looking like he was crying in the garage in his car, and that was super sad. I wasn't that sad. I, I honestly, when I saw the Red Bull flying off the track, I was like, it can't be Max. And it wasn't, unfortunately.
3: <laughs> well, I was going to say with the end plate thing, they spent a lot of time or, or a few laps talking about our, you know, is he going to get a penalty? Then they submit it to, you know, whatever for review. We'll look at it after the race. And it's like that whole decision is based around safety. Like they've made that clear. It's like, well, oh, what if this thing flies off hits somebody in the helmet or hits a fan, blah, blah, blah. Like, If that's the purpose, if it's safety, that's a decision that needs to be made right there. Like the car's unsafe, you black flag them or meatball them. And if it's not, or if you don't feel it is, then what is there to review? Like, I don't think that that's necessarily on the team. Of course it is to like decide whether or not they should pull them in, but not to the degree of like, should we penalize them? Like if you feel it's unsafe and they haven't pulled their driver in, penalize them. Otherwise, what are we talking about? I thought that that was just, you know, Silly. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those like last season. Haas got it a lot, and
2: obviously Gunter ranted a lot about it. (laughs) But does that mean that now everyone else doesn't have to do what they did? I mean, it's like the the whole purpose is you want you want to be consistent, and so what they they make it so that Haas has to gets the meatball flag all the time, and then now that it's someone else, (laughs) they don't. Yeah, it kind of proves Gunter's point entirely.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, but I mean, for the purposes of racing, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but I wouldn't want them to be penalizing for that little piece no. dangling off no, the side I, of I, the I, front wing. I, I mean, but, um, I, I
2: disagreed when they were when they were meatballing Magnuson last right. year all the time. It just didn't feel right. It, it felt like he deserved a chance to kind of stay stuck in because it was always when they were in good spots too.
0: Yeah. Um, so that shook everything up a bit. The, uh, uh, virtual safety car only took like a lap or two to come back in. Um, and then we had Lewis chasing Danny. Um, but it was weird. He was able to get kind of close, but just not close enough that he was able to pass him. But finally on lap 11, he was able to do it into turn one, which is where we saw most of the passing during this race. And he was up into P4. Lando, who started on softs, like we said, in P17, was already coming in for his first stop on lap 12 Um, really, really early on, on this track. Albon on hards is able to get by Joe, and he's up into the points. And then Max, who I feel like is usually, I think we might have talked about this last week, he's usually like the last one to pit, especially when he's in the lead. Um, I feel like there's a lot of the time where he kind of he just keeps holding out holding out there, but he was kind of the first guy of the leaders to come in. Um and he pit onto hard tires and came down into P seven. And then Lewis was chasing up onto Carlos now, who is dropping back from the front two. Um, It looked like maybe Mercedes was trying to dummy the Ferraris, maybe into coming into the pits early. We've seen them do this before. I can't remember where Um, Ferrari has done stuff like this too, where they've brought guys out into the pit lane and then not ended up calling a car into the garage. But it never seems to work, does it?
1: Yeah, there was a little bit. They mentioned that on the on the (laughs) on the commentary a little bit of shenanigans. Like you can't just keep bringing your guys out and pulling them in and putting them out and putting them in to make it look like you're going to do a pit stop. Like that's I don't know what the regulations are, but it was a little naughty. Um, I guess having people hanging around in the pit lane when they don't need to be there is, you know, potentially endangering them. You know, with other cars flying down. But um, yeah, it didn't really do anything in the end, did it? Uh, and, and Hamilton ended up coming in for a stop, um, and the and the Ferraris stayed out.
0: Yeah, the Ferraris stayed out for a while. I guess they didn't learn much from. The last race weekend when yeah. <laughs> they stayed out way too long. But Max is already making moves again after pitting. He passes Oscar. He's up into P5 already on lap 27. Um, doing what Max does. And then Lewis finally came into pit from P3 on to hard tires as well. Um, and then everyone started pitting Oscar, pit, and then George, pit. Um and then we hear that the Ferraris say over the radio that they're thinking of doing an extended one stop race, which was not looking like it was going to be on the cards going into the race. Um, but I think it was Carlos who they happened to be saying it to over over the radio at the time, but he seemed to agree with the decision, so um
3: and Leclerc backed it up later on too. Oh, did he? Yeah.
0: Um, So interesting from the Ferraris who we've said time and time again struggle with the tire degradation, but still seem to want to try and make these one-stop races work on two-stop racetracks, which is very strange. Um, Lap 29 max is still moving forward. He gets by Carlos at turn one very easily. Um, and then a couple laps later, finally, Carlos comes in to pit. Um, also weird is what Ferrari is pitting the guy that's behind first. A very strange decision from them, too, because Charles was ahead at the time, I believe. He was in P1, right?
1: Yeah. So they they had him yeah going around a few an extra lap more on the mediums than than Carlos. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I think at
3: that point, what Lewis had pitted, right? He at pretty uh, much everyone, yeah. Carlos had a pretty, I think it was like a seven second gap to Leclerc at that point. So Charles had quite a bit of time to kind of process things and wait, wait it out, because they finally pitted him when Lewis was, you know, starting to close in tightly on on his gap. Because when he came out, I forget he was only like two or three seconds ahead of Lewis, I think at that point. So I kind of understood why they waited. And at that point, you're committed to doing what you're doing, so you might as well stretch it out as much as you can. Yeah. And they've
2: seen they'd seen last uh last time out the benefit that uh that Lewis had on a fresher tire towards the end. So maybe they were thinking something was going on there. But if everyone else is on a two stop and you're on a one stop, you don't have any tire advantage. So you've really got to make you've really got to make it up in the middle phase of the race. And they didn't seem to be. So it was a little odd that they were making that call.
0: Well unfortunately for them so carlos pit on lap 31 charles pit on lap 32 and then on lap 33 is when kevin crashed into the wall um so right before they would have gotten that you know shorter pit stop from the from the safety car they they say that something it looked like something on kevin's car broke and that's why he he crashed into the car i didn't see anything like that but i think martin brundle probably knows better yeah. than I do in those oh, his, situations.
1: Yeah, his like, uh, rear suspension broke, right? The, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: It, the, the car just veered to the left, and cars just veered to the left. They said <laughs> it looked like his right rear. They said they could see it angle slightly to the right as it went over the... I didn't see it, but...
3: Yeah, I, didn't, sure. I
2: did see that... The, was it the prior lap? He ran really, really wide. Yeah. On the, yeah. Six, the one corner. Was it turn three? Yeah. Uh, it didn't look like he'd run over anything, but it was... Yeah, kind of suspicious that they like have the very next lap you know
3: yeah well it was weird because i think i forget it might have been mclaren somebody had warned their driver about turn three like maybe 10 minutes before that happened and it wasn't magnuson but they were talking about three.
1: i think they were saying to verstappen like get going cutting the corner or be taking that aggressive oh, yeah, isn't really yeah. helping they you that ride. much yeah. yeah so who knows
3: no. maybe that but yeah, he he just banged it into the wall pretty hard. My goodness, that was a hard crash. Yeah. The car was
0: pretty destroyed after that. The whole back end was was disintegrated, essentially. Um, but Max took advantage. He came in to, or tried to take advantage, he came in to pit from the lead to go on another set of hard tires, I believe. But pretty much right when he came out of the pits, Again is when they decided
3: to change it to a red flag. So well, but it wasn't just Max though. Like Max, I understood. Did, did Lando he, pit he as well? Pit. Yeah, Lando pitted, and this is my like I think worst decision of the race moment was that they brought Lando in. Max pitted because he had he could have pitted and got back out, which he did and stay in first place. So yes. it doesn't matter to him. Lando, who's trying to climb back through the pack, they pitted him. And then the red flag comes out. Terrible decision. Like based on everything we've seen last year and this year about when they have wall damage, when their car wrecks that hard into the wall or the barriers, it's almost always been a red flag because they have to repair it. They're not going to let the race go on with heavy damage to any part of the barrier. It's a risk, of course, but considering where you were, I can't remember what position Lando was in at that point. But like, I just this is not the first. even second or third time, I think I've talked about this this year, about cars pitting when there's heavy crashes and then a red flag comes out shortly after. I think they completely blew that call. They should have never they taken did. pulled him in and waited for the red flag or or hoped that there was a red flag. But yeah, I, th- I thought that that was yeah. a blown call.
0: I'm not sure yeah. if they did bring him in there.
3: I'm pretty
1: I sure just they think did. That, no, I think he came just in dropped that- a lot of spots on the start. No, no. He came in on thirty-three. He uh, Verstappen and Russell, uh, sorry, Verstappen and Norris both stopped on lap thirty-three. Interesting. Along with uh, with Albon. Um. Well, then uh, where
0: was where was he all before?
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the position how high up he was, but I mean he dropped all the way down to about fifteenth, I think.
0: Well, he started in tenth from the restart. Oh, did he? Yeah.
1: The the Ferraris didn't pit. They were the only ones, uh, and Ricardo. So. The Ferraris who just pitted on 31 and 30, they they didn't pit, obviously.
3: Well, so think about that. He started on 10th in the restart and it's like a 10 second, I think, Delta pitting under VSC or safety yeah, car or whatever it was. So, you know, he waits out there. I don't know how many stops or how many positions he would have gained. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe it would have made no difference and they realized that, but it seemed like a mistake because the announcers even mentioned it. They said, oh, Lando got a cheap stop, but he could have had a free stop right well, yeah,
0: everyone, yeah
1: everybody a free stop eventually yeah
0: but Yuki is the one who benefited the most he made he started in p18 I believe and at the restart he was in p8 nice um so Yuki benefited the most up 10 spots to to uh going into the restart it was a standing restart which was nice um we haven't seen one of those in a while <laughs> Yeah. And I was kind of hoping that we'd
2: see, you know, similar to on the first start where we had, um, Max going from P three, moving up the field. I was kind of hoping that with Lewis in P three, that he could, right. he could make a move forward. Cause and especially when I saw that he was on, uh, a used medium and everyone else would put the hards on. First of all, there's half the race left to go. I was like, Oh man, he may struggle towards the end, but the fact that he was on a a medium tire against the others, I was kind of hoping that he'd get a better traction off the line and at least be challenging into that first corner. But he just did not get that same kind of, you know, push off the line and 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 slipstream up to be in at least a position to fight for the first for, uh, first into the first corner that happened before, which was kind of a shame from a from a Lewis fan. That I am,
3: I think a big part of why the lap one happened the way it happened was both Ferraris seemed to bog down pretty heavily, especially Charles, yeah. his car. You could hear the engine when they showed the replay. It almost sounded just like ball So I think yeah. it was more, a, a lot of the bogging down. I mean, the strip, the slipstream obviously helps because it is a long straight, but I think it was more, the digits had bad starts.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But Max did not have a bad start on the restart he was able to jump out in front fairly easily and keep it um george was able to make up a couple spots but he did have a little touch with with danny um which looked a little dicey but um no no damage to either car and they were able to um Keep it going, and Lando had an awful start. He went from P10 to P14 or P15 by turn one. Way down. So, really unfortunate for him. And Lewis had been, so what, three laps after that, Lewis had been pretty close on Charles. And, but even with the DRS turned on, he was not able to get by him. Those used medium tires were just not working for him like the new hard tires in front of him were. But eventually Lewis looked like he was, he was definitely close enough. Um, Charles was pretty aggressive trying to defend and lewis went on the grass but he had so much speed at that point he was able to get by him fairly easily even going on the grass at that point and lewis was back up into p2 and then lando this is where lando really started to to finally make some moves um, the car seemed to switch on for him at some point here where he was just looked like he was passing people like every corner, almost. He made a really tight move on Okon at one of the chicanes, um, where he timed it up going on the outside of the first turn and then was on the inside for the, for the second turn was able to get back into the points. Um, he passed Nico on the next lap and then you heard george start complaining i guess he was he was chasing carlos for a while and he was complaining about him uh moving under breaking which i don't know it seems like everybody does that these days so i don't i don't really see the the big problem with it there Um, yeah i mean he um, he talked about it but if the directors and the producers had seen
2: something then surely they'd have Shown a replay of him doing it i mean yeah i saw a little bit of a move at one point but it was like yeah i didn't really see much in it
0: and then on lap 48 unfortunately for alonso he had to retire from the race i don't know if you guys heard what was wrong with it i didn't see what it was but um really really unfortunate from him i think he did he retire from the last race he did he did retire
1: from the last race also how what can you say about the astons they've just it's been an absolute disaster from the high of the start of the season. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. They're not even competitive. Yeah. Um, and uh I mean they're still are they still holding on to their spot? No, I mean they they've dropped they're dropping like a stone in the standings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's
0: really, really bad on them. And then on that same lap we saw Yuki was trying to pass Oscar on the outside of turn one, which was a little dicey and it looks like they made slight contact, but both were okay. But on the very next lap at, I think the exact same place, they made contact again, but this time Yuki spun out and, uh, it just looked like, just like Checo on turn one, it looked like Yuki turned in too soon. Maybe he was ahead and Oscar should have backed up. I don't know. But um, it looked to me like he he just turned right in on Oscar.
3: It was a slight little move, not like a huge turn in, but you know, just enough to make the contact and spin. But yeah, I totally thought it was his fault also. Pretty poor from Yuki there. Um,
0: and then Lando. So we're at lap 51 now after losing four spots on the restart. Like we said, he is now in P8. Um chasing I mean, his chasing his teammate who was struggling on tires, and eventually a couple laps later, they let Lando through so yeah. that he could try and chase Danny. So he's up into P six. When was that restart? It was lap 30, Five. 35. So in sixteen laps, he's made up eight places.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah. Pretty Damn, crazy. I'm losing four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I mean, he passed the whole field like twice, right? Because he, <laughs> he, he, he he, like he, it, passed, yeah. he, he got all the way up in the first half before the red flag, and then he dropped all the way back down again, and then had to do it all again after the race restart. A crazy race by Lando. Crazy, yeah, yeah. I don't know how many cars he actually passed. <laughs> but he, he, he must have passed like he must have made like thirty overtake. <laughs> yeah. you gotta you gotta think you're gonna be the race winner if you ever take 30 cars and a 20 (laughs) car field (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) yeah yeah super impressive from him and then you heard both of the alpines complaining over the radio because nico had been holding them up for a really long time nico sitting in p10 you know this is a track with some long straights where we typically see the alpines do pretty well but nico was able to hold them up for quite a while um, and then on lap sixty six, so five laps to go, and Lando is now within a second of George in p five um, Ocon finally on this lap as well was able to pass Nico and get up into the points. And I think Gasly only like two or three turns later was able to pass him too. so it took all that time, but then they're both able to pass him very How are easily.
1: You? How were you feeling seeing Lando make these moves up through the as a a McLaren fan, Jason? You must have been loving it. I mean, it was
0: great. I mean, I wish that he didn't start in P17 because who knows where he could have been if he had been a little bit further up. But I mean yeah from where we were in the beginning of the season it feels pretty great
3: yeah. <laughs> do any of you have the f1 tv package or any type of like live telemetry where you can see what the I race pace is Did was he ma- putting lap times down that could have you know like if he started in the top five could he have been fighting for the win
0: i mean it's hard to say because he was Dealing with so much traffic, it, it, and was was probably cruising. So yeah, yeah. To... So it didn't really look all that comparable. But maybe if he had had more, yeah. open open space, he might have been. I mean, um, it's
3: crazy what he did. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you it's like what? where what was that race where Checo came back from P20 oh, from, after crashing yeah, C- on C- lap C- one or, or something? Yeah, yeah.
1: To win the race, it's almost like if you're further back, you like go for it, and maybe it comes off. But if you're up near the front you drive a bit more conservatively right. save maybe the like, tires. Save, the tires. Yeah. save the tires you know turn down the engine you know don't get you know so it's a different approach and it can it can pay off yeah um, i mean he,
2: he obviously starting on the on the soft tire he was on a very different strategy to everyone else so it seemed like he maybe he just had a constant tire advantage throughout the whole race um yeah. but it It just, everything just came to him. He was on, I guess, maybe the right tire at the right time, every time.
3: Yeah.
2: And, Mm -hmm. uh, and that was kind of the difference
0: yep and then after so lando made another amazing pass at the start of the back straight going into the the stadium section george got a little out of it going going into that straight and lando was able to just get right by him and now he is up into p5 and then right in that stadium section, Lance and Bottas had a little moment coming together where Lance spun, and then he just went right into the pits because the entrance to the pits is right there. So yeah. a yeah. double yeah. DNF that for double Aston DNF. Martin. Oh,
1: yeah. As well that. make clumsy.
2: that yeah.
0: really poor on both of them. And then Max breaking another record, the record that he broke last season um 17 race wins this year for max uh getting tired of saying that but still very <laughs> impressive <laughs>
1: yeah it's Lewis, uh, it's Lewis uh, and charles uh, rounding out the podium what they what they didn't show on at the very end though was how close ricardo was to russell i don't know if any of you guys have seen that online since so you, you can see the the Six on tenths, board. I think, right? Something was, really I mean he was he was quite a lot he was six tenths back at the finish, but earlier on in that lap he was right behind Russell. And Russell was sort of placing his car in spots to to stop Ricardo from overtaking. And I think even after the race Russell said that one more lap, potentially Ricardo could have got past him. So Wow. Yeah, Russell was doing a lot of defending. They were right he was right up behind him in the early part of the lap. He dropped back towards the end so the gap was a little bit larger than maybe it it could have been, but yeah, I mean, Ricardo I think you know the big the big winners of of the weekend were were Norris and Ricardo, right? Ricardo obviously coming back. Um and you know with his qualifying and then turning it into race pace and then somehow Norris getting from way back in the field twice to to end up fifth is just uh, crazy. Yeah.
2: yeah, a couple of really great drives. I think you know Lando's drive, probably the best drive of the year by anybody. He it was that good. Um, yeah. yeah, Danny Rick, just a great weekend for him. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. I'd have liked. you see Yuki had issues on Saturday with a power unit change. Uh, well, I think power unit change was. When was it? Because he didn't. He was not in the car on Friday. Because was it? Hadjar was in the car. Yeah. Um, And so he didn't have free practice one. He had a power unit change, which meant that he didn't really take part in qualifying in any really meaningful form. Um, And so he was way back. But he made his way forward as well. And again, maybe that was you know just the way that the track and and the the race came to him, um, like Lando. But if, they, if he did had a clean Friday and Saturday, I, you know, because I think Yuki had a good race. Like, it would have been cool to see them both together and what, what the car is really like now at Atari. Yeah. I, so, I, I assume think-
3: the engine change was for a new engine, right? Not like an old engine that was already used, I'm guessing? because I, th- I think so, yeah. That makes a huge difference. I mean, I forget yeah. what race it was where we saw new engines come in and whatever team it was, maybe botas and, and joe or i forget that who, sounds right yeah. it made a huge difference that weekend so the fact that yuki actually had a new engine and still didn't get past ricardo <laughs> I, I, I
2: was, trying to, the, I was trying to look for the positives in that. well he was
3: he
0: was in p7 or p8 when that crash happened with oscar that he spun out so he went from yeah. not that far behind Danny to the back of the grid really fast. So he was having a good race up until that point, but
3: he still crashed. So What's crazy for me is that, you know, like the teams have been in Mexico enough times. They know the air thin. They know, you know, mostly what's going to, how it's going to impact the car. And I guess it just speaks to the fact that like, you kind of work within the window that your car offers, no matter what, right? Like, you know, even Red Bull couldn't necessarily overcome the fact that their car creates so much downforce, essentially, you know, you can't change too much about it throughout a race weekend. So it is pretty, I don't know, interesting or I don't think they're failing at setting up their cars. I think it's just we have to deal with Mexico. We have to deal with Monaco. We have to deal with these outlier tracks that our car is just not made for. But throughout the season, it's going to be fine.
2: Yeah. And I think but it's it also weird. a statement on the fine margins and how close the field are. There. Yeah. You know, it's, if you're not getting your car in that window, you find yourself, you know, back and back and back. You look at Alpine at, at uh, in Austin, they had a great race. That was last week and they were nowhere. this weekend.
0: <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um I mean I would of course put both the Ferraris as winners on the day but unfortunately probably something that Charles doesn't want to think about is this was now his 11th straight time where he was on pole and he was not able to convert a race win out of it.
1: Wow. Um yeah
2: I'm sure that, that that's is, never happened before. Um but also when you yeah. when you, you know when he's on the uh, doing interviews and everything he, he's actually he takes the positives from it right In yeah that you know he seems like he, he knows that yeah i'm getting it on uh on pole but this is a car that can win the race the way that um
0: the red bulls are right now so yeah. he's like yeah you know it's what it is he's yeah. doing the best he can with what he's got that's right yeah, and I don't know if you guys noticed on the podium when they were spraying the champagne, they had a GoPro attached to Max's champagne bottle, so it was, like, pointing right at his face as they were, like, getting champagne sprayed all over him, so that was kind of cool. Um, And so I guess that's kind of it for any other winners and losers you want to put on. I mean, Albon was able to get it up into the points. Yeah, so third,
1: third race in a row, I think, for him, that he scored points.
0: Sorry. yeah. Yeah, super impressive for him. Obviously, Checo is a loser on the day, unfortunately, for crashing out on lap one. Um, both, Martin. both, yeah, Aston Martins, both of them retiring. Alpha Romeo, both of them starting in the top ten and not able to get any points out of it. Um, yeah. and then Martin Coops update.
1: Oh yeah, Coops F1. So I mean, slightly depressed scores. This week, a uh, top score from uh, player Formula E, 310 points. Um, wow. Behind that, Kevin B, 275. Um, you know, correctly predicting Verstappen, Hamilton 1-2. But obviously, a lot of people had Perez up there in their predictions, and of course, that didn't get them anything. Me um, included. <laughs> yeah, most people included. Me too. <laughs> Overall, yeah, the tussle at the top continues um, between... Uh, cappy 61 and jay Lazzi, although um Schumacher's list has entered the chat i guess because he's only two uh three points behind you jason in, in third so yeah it's it's tight at the top um Nick, i tumbled i'm yeah, on the losers Nick, Nick list dropped a spot, but yeah you tumbled eight spots uh down to down to 13th um mark which is uh disappointing and i i dropped uh, 20 places i think out of the top 100 yeah 22 spots i dropped down to 109th mm. so uh yeah tough all round you know it's hard not to put Checo up there but you know you're a brave man but he hasn't been scoring points because he's be in the man, best car predicting.
2: and you want him to do well right yeah in, in his home grand prix <laughs> yeah, yeah he's not doing it
1: the uh yeah, I mean, but the the consensus picks has him sort of sixth-ish that <laughs> usually, um, with uh, you know Lando and Leclerc Hamilton. It's interesting how yeah they they people still put Leclerc well ahead of Carlos uh, in the picks, uh, even though like we said that they've been almost nothing to choose between them this season, yeah. or at least at least lately in the second half of the season. Um, Interesting.
0: I think I think a lot of people did not have the Ferraris up as high because like no. Mark said earlier that for the, through the first three practices it didn't look like they'd be anywhere near the top 5. Yeah. Um but they both were. So
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 And then this I'm weekend coming I'm up we real. have Brazil, another sprint race weekend. This was a pretty exciting race last year. It was the first race that Red Bull did not win, right?
1: Right. George Russell won this one last That's year. That's right. Yeah, this was the start of the of the streak for Red Bull. And winning winning races back to back. Well sorry. After the this st- race was the, the start, start of
0: their next streak. streak. Yeah.
1: They're winning uh, <laughs> Brazil's yeah. always a good race for sure. Is it, is it I can't I can't remember um, why Red Bull didn't win this race was just George Russell that much better a driver or uh...
0: i think the mercedes just like their pace came out of nowhere if i remember correctly they just had looked slow all year and then brazil came in their car seemed to work and they didn't even think their car was going to be all that good in brazil and it just yeah. clicked for them Definitely. but the story
2: the story of brazil though for me was K. Mag on pole on like when the sprint like, oh no poor came grid so he qualified on pole for the weekend and obviously didn't get to start the grand prix on pole is that right yeah, yeah that because that was when the was uh,
0: that 08
3: no that was last year
0: last year oh right because it was the sprint race that's right
3: yeah. and uh, it was like two years ago that we had that horrendous rain finish and i think it was gasly overtaking hamilton for for third like a crazy finish here. I I think it was three uh, maybe twenty twenty one. That it was a out, and he out dragged finish. him up the hill.
2: I think it might have even been for second. But yeah, it was uh, maybe that,
3: yeah. It was it was an in, insane finish for them. And this is yeah, the was, race a pretty good race. The race where
0: Lewis got his first world championship when allegedly. Who? When, well, all right, right, Massa. Felipe Massa (laughs) to the chat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what was his name? Was it Yarno Trulli who who spun out on his own and gave that place up?
1: No, 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 it was just just in the wet. yeah. Yeah. It was Glock. Timo Glock oh, yeah, Timo, yeah, Timo yeah. Glock. It, was, it was in the wet and Hamilton just got past Timo to get the points he needed to win. I mean that was the craziest race, the craziest finish. I definitely got a soft spot for Brazil. Um and you know it's a, a anti-clockwise circuit which is slightly unusual. Mm. Um but yeah, I mean a classic a classic place to race obviously, you know, Brazilians have a formula 1 in their blood with you know, all the great races they've had over the years. So it uh, should, should be a good race. Always, good I always
3: weekend. liked Brazil as
1: the final race over Abu Dhabi. Yeah.
3: I, yeah. I don't know why. Definitely,
1: definitely. I mean, that's a lot of my memories from the 90s are of um, championships being decided uh, in, in Brazil. So it's yeah. not going to be the case this year, but who knows in the future. Yeah, I mean,
0: hopefully... The way that races are going now is what it will kind of be like all of next season. I'm hoping, fingers crossed.
1: The non Max Verstappen championship, like the Singapore race. Yeah, <laughs> if ever it's like more like Singapore, where yeah, the Red Bulls are back in the back in the pack and fighting with everybody else. They can win a few races if they want, but they got to earn it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. That's a long way away yeah. He
3: has to give up the corner. I had to nose ahead. What is wrong with these people?
0: Thanks for listening to the Undercuts review of the 2023 Mexico Grand Prix. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen, and join us next time for our review of the 2023 Brazil Grand
3: Prix. Thanks again.